Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 22. Here's Pastor Ryan. Welcome back, guys. Turn with me in your Bibles this evening, please, to 2 Chronicles chapter 22. And give me an amen once you are there. 2 Chronicles chapter 22. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy upon our lives, Lord. There's none like you in all the earth, Lord. You are worthy of all of our praise, all honor, and all glory. Oh, Father, it is our desire to know you better, to walk with you, Lord, to live lives that are pleasing to you. And we know that it's through your word that we are instructed and guided. And we know that it's the power of your Holy Spirit that leads us into all truths. And so, Lord, I pray that you would take our weak bodies tonight and strengthen us by your spirit to learn, to receive from you. Oh, Lord, may it be all of you and none of me. Pour out your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, amen. All right, so in 2 Chronicles chapter 22, we know that uh, Jerusalem has been ransacked by the Philistines and the Arabians as judgment against King Jehoram. Jehoram, as you know, was the wicked son of King Jehoshaphat, who was a notoriously good king, known as a good king. But his son did evil in the sight of the Lord, and so the Lord allowed raiders to come in and uh, and really ransack Jerusalem, take all the treasures, and even take um, uh, Jehoram's uh, sons away. He did not follow in the footsteps of his father, obviously, Jehoshaphat, but killed all of his brothers so that there wouldn't be any accountability to his, you know, reign. And so all of his brothers he killed off, and he was a husband of Atalia, is the right way of, of saying. It's not Athalia, just being Mexican-American. I thought Athalia was easier, but it's, it's Atalia is the Hebrew pronunciation. She was the wicked daughter of King Ahab in the north, and of Jezebel. So that was Jehoram's wife, and so they were wicked, and he ended up dying of a disease, a painful disease in which his intestines came out because he had not honored the Lord but chose to worship pagan gods. And so after only eight years of, of ruling, he died, and now his son Ahaziah is reigning in his place. And that's where we're at in chapter 22. It says, Then the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah his youngest son king in his place. For the raiders who came with the Arabians into the camp had killed all the older uh, sons. So Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, reigned. And so we see here, like I had mentioned, the sons of uh, Jehoram were taken in the raid. And it really uh, points out the fact that what goes around 
comes around, right? What one uh, uh, sows, he will also reap. And so Jehoram had killed off his brothers. And then later on, as part of judgment, he, he uh, reaps what he sows. The raiders came and they took his sons away. And so there's that <clears throat> reality uh, in the scheme of this world, in the, in the scheme of things, that God makes sure to punish the wicked and to reward the just. I'm going to repeat that. In this world, God makes sure to punish the wicked and to reward the just, those who walk with him. And I know what you're thinking. It's the wicked doesn't always, you know, get the judgment they deserve on this side of heaven. But trust you me, everyone at the end of the day gets what they deserve. And that is actually a blessing and it brings comfort to us because there's so much injustice in the world. There's so much evil and wickedness that happens. And, and, and so oftentimes the criminals, the violators or the, the victimizers don't pay the price, but we know that God is working all things out and it's good with our soul knowing that. In Proverbs 11 Verse 31, it says, If the righteous will be recompensed on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner? And so that's the word from the Lord. If the righteous will be recompensed on earth, if the righteous will be rewarded for their good deeds on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner be recompensed for their evil deeds? And there's a lot of people who have been victims in this world, and you hear about it, and it's tragedy when they don't get the justice that they seek. But the Lord knows, and he has his way of punishing the wicked for their sins. And again, that should give peace to your soul, comfort. It does to me because of the wickedness that's going on today. No one's more innocent than children, and we know that children around the world are being abused, are being trafficked. It's it's something that's open and, and everywhere now, and we read about it, we hear about it, we learn about it, that the innocent are being taken, and I am grateful that if the righteous will be recompensed on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner of King Jehoram had killed off his brothers wickedly, look what came around. His sons were taken um, as part of judgment. In Proverbs uh, 24, 20, it says, there will be no prospect for the evil man that the lamp of the wicked will be put out. That's Proverbs 24, 20. It's just another verse that says the wicked will get what they deserve. There will be no prospect. There'll be no prosperity for the wicked and his lamp will be put out. I think there's a lesson here, obviously. The wicked here, Jehoram, did evil his Son, now who's reigning, is going to do evil. The raiders came and they took the possessions and kidnapped his, his sons. Um, but there's a lesson of, of remembering that even as believers, we reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 8, Paul would say to the Galatians, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. 
But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. That brings joy to my heart as well. And you can take that as a negative or a positive in the beginning. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So we know that if we sow good things to the Lord, that means that if daily we sow a life that's close to God, that we spend time in his word, we spend time at the feet of Jesus praying daily, we search his heart out, we tell him how much we love him, we tell him how much we desire his will to be done in our life. That is that is sowing good things, the promises that we will reap of the Spirit. Rewards, fruitfulness, blessings. And so there's that encouragement. Yeah, sow good things. Sow good things to the Lord. And it's also the warning to not be deceived. Don't, don't, uh, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. So in the negative sense, if we don't seek the Lord, how can we expect to reap fruitfulness of the Holy Spirit? If we're not spending time with him, we're not even in his word. We're not in prayer. We don't, you know, our prayers are kind of quick or whatever. If all of our attention is on the things of the world, if all of our attention is on our careers, our jobs, the problems that we're having, and they're not about stopping being still before the Lord, we're only going to reap anxiety, worry, unfruitfulness, hardship, striving, hopelessness. You know, it's like faith is a gift from the Lord, but we must seek him by faith and believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder to those who seek him diligently, which he is. If you sow in your relationship to the Lord, you shall reap. You're only going to get out what you put in. That's what that says. And on the negative side, of course, if there's Christians that are backsliding and, and just not seeking God, but dabbling in the things of the world, they're, they're going to reap what they've sown. Corruption, flesh, unhappiness a lack of peace, a lack of joy, a lack of purpose, a lack of direction, you name it, any other negative thing. Galatians 6, 9 through 10, it's the verses after the one that I just quoted. Paul says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. It's a beautiful word. It's a, it's, it's don't grow weary while doing good. Don't believe that God's not going to reward you for doing good. You serve the Lord good. You seek the Lord good. You must believe that you are going to be blessed. If not, then we are Christians who have lost hope. We are Christians who have lost confidence in our God. We serve a God who blesses. Our God is our Father, our Abba, our Papa. He's going to bless you, trust me. Seek Him. Don't grow weary while doing good. Don't think, man, I've been serving, I've been doing the right thing, and I don't see the results yet. What Paul is saying is don't lose heart. Don't grow weary while doing good. You're, gonna, you're going to reap if you do not lose heart. I, I think that the, the more mature that that we become in the Lord, though, more patient we are with him to bring the blessings. And we learn to just believe without seeing, which is what faith is anyways. It's 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So he's reaping what he's sowing, and then he has he has reaped what he's what he sowed. But all but actually, it, it goes beyond Jehoram. It began with Jehoshaphat, who had an affinity with the king Ahab in the north, which he was a good king, but he had that thing, and God said that the wrath his wrath will not leave him, and we see that in this chapter playing out. All right. So Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, reigned. Ahaziah was 42 years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. So it's a one-year reign, right? Just a short reign. His mother's name was Atalia, the granddaughter of Omri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother advised him to do wickedly. Therefore, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for they were his counselors after the death of his father to his destruction. And so Atalia was his mother, wicked, the wicked daughter of King Ahab and Jezebel. Totally wicked. Totally a total pagan worshiper. That's his mom. And the king is following her advice and her lead, and he's also carrying on with the with her family, her side of the family, King Ahab's family in the north, all of their wicked advice. He's following it to his destruction. And as I was meditating on this, I thought, well, he's 42. He seems to me to be a 42-year-old mama's boy. <laughs> now, we are to love our moms, and there's nothing wrong with loving our moms. But when Christ comes into our life, he calls for full commitment, full dedication to him above all loves above all family members, above all friends, above anything. It, it, we, he said, if you want to follow after me, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me daily. Christ becomes the center of our lives. Why? Because he pray, paid the price for our sins on the cross. He gave himself fully to us in, to redeem us from our sins. So what he requires is for us now to give him our whole heart. And when that takes place, depending on what family you come from, blessed are you if you have family that loves the Lord and can encourage your walk with God when you came to know Christ. But that's not always the case. Generally, there's just a, a big separation within a home. Why is that? Because Jesus came to separate. He came to separate believers from non-believers in the sense of, of the believers are going to follow him and the non-believers are going to keep doing what they want to do for themselves. And that creates a conflict. And so here he is. He's 42 years old. He's got his wicked mother, uh, Atalia, and, and her whole side of the family counseling him to do wicked. Now, I have a question for you. 
If he wanted to do right by God, if he wanted to live for the Lord, could he have done it at this point? Of course, he's alive. If he repented and said, Lord, I'm going to follow after you in spite of my wicked family, I want to follow the living God. He could have done that. And then there would have been this separation and Atalia, his mother would have probably tried to kill him. She was so wicked, right? So, so God can do that within a family. No matter what kind of background we come from, Jesus Christ can come and save even within that, which he has for a lot of us. We need to, first of all, be careful who we associate with. Be careful who we receive advice from, right? Family, friends, anyone. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. From a family like this, if one gave their life to Jesus Christ, they would have to pull away from that family because it would corrupt them if the family was not repentive. So make sure that any advice that you receive about any subject, that it honors the word of God. That it honors the word of God. The person giving you advice may even know the Lord. And just because a, a, a friend or family member knows the Lord and gives you advice, all of us in this room, all of us who are hearing or watching this, have a responsibility to God to test whether or not that advice is legit if it honors the word of God. Too many Christians, and we've all done it, are lazy in this area. Hopefully we grow into being diligent about our studying and our seeking the Lord for ourselves because if there's anybody who we should seek advice from first is God and his word. And then we're told to wage war with wise counsel. But when you receive counsel on any subject, know who's giving you the subject and make sure that it aligns with the, with the Lord. In first, in first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 21, it says to test all things, hold fast to what is good. As crazy as the world is, there is a lot of instruction going through the media concerning the pandemic and all of that stuff, right? Uh, just so much, you talk about misinformation, and we had to like discern through all of that, and it wasn't easy, and there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but it's something that we can apply to the way we just all experienced that. And now the CDC is coming out with, we were wrong, we were wrong, we were wrong, we were wrong, we were wrong. But you don't hear that playing on a cycle over and over and over again. It's we were wrong, file that away, don't mention it again. But we're making lists, and I may mention it on Sunday. I told my wife, I feel like I need to mention some of the CDC's uh, walkbacks <laughs> so that we're educated, amen? Because God says to test all things, especially if it's coming from abortionists. Crickets? All right. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. 
So here's another thing. It's not just, does it, does, is the advice I'm receiving, does it align with God's word? Number one. Number two, does it align with God's heart? Because you, you may have instruction from the word of God, but the way one carries out that advice isn't godly. Does that make sense? No? Yeah. Because see, you can know what to do as far as the right thing from the word of God. But if you do the, the right thing the wrong way or at the wrong time, it can be wrong. I have, I have in my uh, experiences pastoring, you know, come across people who have said, the Lord told us, me, to do this and that and this and that. And he gave me this word of confirmation. And then they go, they've gone about it, not in a, in a peaceful way, not in a right way. And so it, it turned bad. Is it peaceable? Is it kind? Is it willing to yield? Oh, no, no, but God told me, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah, God told you. But that doesn't mean you rush off and do it in a wrong way. If it's of the Lord, you'll also do it in the right way and at the right time because the wisdom of God is from above is first pure, then it's peaceable, then it's gentle, right? It's not self-seeking, it's not rushing, it's not hasty, it's like, you know, and then there's peace. And then surround yourself with godly men and women. I, I talk to Pastor Andre all the time, he's a godly man. Generally, he's he's always telling me the, the legit right thing because I know he seeks God and, I, you know, he loves God and we talk and it's like we talk back and forth and we kind of know that we we are going to give each other godly counsel and if something's off, the Holy Spirit just reveals it and then we, we talk about that and say, oh, that, and then we just, you know, but just because he's a godly man and he's my best friend doesn't mean that I'm going to follow everything that he says. I got to weigh that out too, because who's first? God. Who should I be seeking for instruction first? God. And then have wise people around you who uh, will tell you the truth. Not yes men, not uh, people who are afraid of conflict or confrontation. You know, someone that says it's all about grace. It's all always all about forgiveness and grace. And, and you never stand up. You never, Christianity is pacifism. Let them hit you on, on, on the one cheek. Turn the other cheek. Let them hit you again. Turn it again. Let, you know, you just be so, someone's floor mat. No, you see, the, you see the way Christ instructed the disciples. If they will not receive you, dust off your, your shoes against them and move on. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Some people think that Christianity is, we are to love our enemies. We are to feed them and, 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 and give them drink if they're thirsty. So if you're approached by your enemy and they, they come, I'm parched, I'm dying of thirst. Don't just say, good. <laughs> Die. There's your moment to say, here's water. Here's food. You know? And you're right. And God will cast coals of fire upon their head. So, you know. You need the balance. That sword cuts both ways. It's full of grace and mercy. And on one side, you flip it over and it's like law 
and order, and here it comes. You know, that's what you turn the other cheek. You, it, you, as much as depends on you, live peaceably. Oh, you know, uh, not you know, I, it's better to be injured and chill, and and not try to avenge. You know what I mean? Like don't you know? You, I, I would defend myself because I gotta protect my wife and my kids. But I would try to like tone the whole thing down. And that's what it means by turning the other We shouldn't seek revenge. We shouldn't, you know, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But anyways, I'm getting off track. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.